I hate you. I love you. You're stupid. You're awesome. I suck. I'm dumb. You're amazing. I think we all forget that words have power. I don't know about you, but even some of the words I just used as I started off this podcast were uncomfortable for me to say. Some of them would definitely feel uncomfortable for me to hear. But I think is some words and terms throughout society get overused so much that we become innocuous to what their real meaning is. I think I heard it said that the most common two words used in the English language, I don't know if it's current, but I know I heard it a couple years ago, was Jesus Christ. And not because of a religious reason, but purely for anecdotal reasons. So journey with me today as we explore and remind ourselves that words have power. Thank you for joining my podcast. This is your host, Eli Albalos, and this is Eli's Echo. So for those of you that are uh, viewing me on YouTube, actually, let me back up one thing. I did a podcast last week and I am sick. I was sick then and I'm still sick. <clears throat> so I apologize. I'm going to go off off screen slash off mic range. Well, not quite mic range, but out of the immediate vicinity of the mic to clear my throat a little bit. Um, but yeah, I got diagnosed with bronchitis. And so here I am trying to recover. But I, uh, I felt like there was a message that I wanted to get out today. And it is about words having power. So uh, that's the first kind of caveat. So thank you for joining. And I do apologize. I'm going to do the best I can to not cough as much, but there's only so much I can control. The second thing is uh, for those that are watching me on YouTube, I have this, um, ironically, this um, Hacktober shirt. So um, we're about to enter into the month of October. Um, when I was at Facebook, they used to do, create these really cool shirts every single year during October for a Hacktober event. And basically it was a company-wide event where there was games and coding and innovation and creation. It was a really, really cool thing, particularly for those that were engineers. Um, I led to a, I led to a lot of discoveries in the company. And so um, they call it Hacktober. And so ironically, I'm wearing that shirt when I'm talking about the fact that words have power. In this instance, it's a word play, right? But <clears throat> again, I apologize for the cough. But I think there's a real message I wanted to get out. And this has been weighing on me. But as I alluded to in the very, very beginning, so many words get used today that in the end, I feel like we just become immune and desensitized to their true feeling. I'll have a couple examples that I'll use to kind of help 
shape my message. And I hope you all can relate. But a couple of examples that I jotted down and a short plug while I'm not sponsored by anybody, um, I'm leaning, I'm looking down at my remarkable pad and this thing has been amazing. I talked about it at the last podcast, but, um, this thing has been so cool to write stuff down and jot my ideas. Um, even just randomly in the middle of the day, I'll visit this thing. So, um, I am taking a look at it as I'm doing the podcast. Um, but again, this message has been weighing on me that I want to get out there. (coughs) And, um, uh, I spent, I don't know, five minutes writing my notes, but I've really been thinking about this for the whole week. So as I start, you know, a couple examples that I'll use to hopefully frame where I'm getting at. But as an example, my family knows that I will never use the words, I'm starving, right? But you hear it a lot. And I'm sure at some point we have all probably been guilty of it, including myself, even though I consciously make sure I don't use those words, but I'm starving, right? For those of you that have listened to my origin story, you know, I really understood what it's like to be very hungry growing up. There was just those circumstances in my life that I just knew what it felt like to be very hungry. But because of those times, I know I'll never say I was starving. Because even in the lowest of times, I had food and I ate and I consumed meals. Now, whether or not it was enough that still left me hungry doesn't matter. But the bottom line is we hear it all the time. I'm starving. And I think is in our society, even in the United States, I imagine if you're fortunate enough to be listening to this podcast, chances are maybe depending on how, how popular my podcast gets, but the chances are you've never really been starving, right? I don't think any of us really know what that's like. There's a relatively, um, small portion of the population that really knows what that term means. But yeah, we use it a lot. I'm starving. No, you're hungry and you're very hungry. Or I love the hangry wordplay. Trust me, I I relate. I do get hangry. I do get angry when my blood sugar drops. My family knows to always have a package of jam or some syrup nearby if I'm hangry. but I'll never say I'm starving. I don't think I've ever been starving. Or one of the words that I hear a lot, and I've even heard it in my relationship with my wife, and I've brought it up a couple times, especially early in our marriage, I heard it a lot, less so now, but I'm sorry. Now you're probably thinking, wait a minute, that's an okay term. Yeah, obviously apologizing when you feel regret or mournful for your actions especially when those actions cause pain on another, you might say, I'm sorry. But how many times have you, have we all truly been sorry in our life for our actions? Like deep down, like I, I feel this, this weight in my gut because of what I've just done and I need to apologize and make amends. So I am sorry. I can think of maybe less than five times on my hand where I've, really felt sorry yet how many times do we say it but not really mean it right like as i mentioned my wife and i early in our relationship she used to say it all the time i mean literally all the time maybe five or seven times a day 
And it finally got to the point where we were just chatting. And, and I'm like, you know, here's what's funny. Is if you're sorry for everything and can say sorry five, seven, ten times a day. I don't think she ever said it that much. But no matter. If you could say it five, seven, ten times a day, I'm sorry. Then are you really sorry for anything? If you're sorry for everything. I mean, think about that for a minute. Like literally, we forgot what it means to really be sorry, but we say it all the time. I might be, you know, going through a supermarket and I bump someone's cart. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, really? I bumped your cart, but am I really sorry? No, I don't have any emotional feeling, gut-wrenching emotional reaction to my cart bumping yours. But society has dictated, oh, it's a polite thing to do. Okay. What I've tried to do myself is I've actually changed, I'm sorry to, hey, my apologies. I didn't mean to bump your cart. I can apologize. I didn't mean to bump the cart. But it has a whole different meaning than sorry. I'm actually talking about what I really feel. My apologies for disrupting your day. Right? So that's another one that we just overuse and we forget. If I get into these bigger ones, these more emotional ones, like you're stupid. Now, I don't know that I've ever been told I'm stupid where, you know, maybe I've actually been diagnosed with something or I'm being referred to as being less than an, having less than an average normal intellectual ability, which might mean maybe there's a technical term for stupid. But how many times do we actually use that? Oh my gosh, I'm so stupid. You'll never believe this. Okay. Or I know I've said sometimes I'll be watching something and it like, my family loves comedies and I'll be watching something and it's like, that is so stupid. Like, right? Like it'll, it'll leak out of your mouth, your mouth. You'll say it. But when you say it directed at a person, even if you don't really mean that person is stupid, maybe their action is stupid. And again, society has dictated, oh, it's normal to say something is stupid. That's okay. But this is kind of getting to the meaning of what I'm talking about. Words have power. What happens if you hear stupid every single day of your life, multiple times a day, right? I'm sure we've heard and read about child abuse cases where parents abuse children with words. We all understand, I mean, any abuse on a child is, is unfathomable, unforgivable. And we all hear about the physical abuse cases. But I think we all understand that the emotional abuse cases are almost as bad, if not worse, as physical abuse. Like children being called stupid on a regular basis. Or maybe you're in a relationship or have family members that just overuse the word stupid. Even if you can like let it roll off your back, like water on a duck's back. I don't know, just threw that out there. But if you can let it roll off your back. <laughs> Don't you think that at some point, even subconsciously, you might start to believe the words you're hearing? That's what I mean words have power. I think there's some words out there that we have forgotten 
can over time impact a person. We forget the power they wield. And that's unforgivable. Like, how can we get so comf- comfortable and nonchalant with maybe saying stupid or overusing sorry? Or how about this one? Oh, I'm so dumb. Right? But do you even really mean it when you're saying the words? Maybe you do. Maybe there's a circumstance where something is righteously dumb. I don't know. But my point is there's some words that I think we overuse and we forget their impact. And maybe not just their impact on other individuals. I mean, I think we can understand that. If I'm a parent and I constantly call my child stupid on a daily basis, they're going to start to have some emotional problems. They will. I know I would. As an adult, if I was in a relationship and someone called me stupid every single day, that would kind of get to me. It'd get under my skin. And I'm pretty thick-skinned, I think. But over time, it would start to irritate me. It might become a leech. If you haven't seen that podcast, I encourage you all to revisit that one. But the point is, we all have to remember what some of these words mean. Right? Now, what if we think of the positive? What about... I love you. How many times have you said that in a day? Here's a cool mind twist. I'll have some tips later this, but here's a cool mind twist. Think of the terms that you overuse that really should have a negative connotation. Dumb, stupid, um, idiot. Um, I hate. Oh, that's another one. We'll get to that one in a minute. I hate right? Think of those words that you might use on a regular basis. And now I want you to think about how many times you actually use some positive words, words that have positive affirmation, like love. I love you. The interesting part of the exercise, I wonder, is if there will naturally be an imbalance of some of the words that we're using that really do have a negative meaning, but the society has been so desensitized and anesthetized too that we don't use anymore. We don't remember that that's what they mean. But really, if you took stock and measured those against positive affirmation words, I think that'd be an interesting exercise we should all do. But if you do use some of those negative words more often than positive affirmation, I think it's time to have a wake-up call. That's a challenge, right? I hate you. That's another one. I'm going to visit that one before I get to the positive affirmation ones. I hate you or I hate this. <coughs> My apologies. I hate that. Do you really? I thought I used to hate onions as a kid. I did. I thought I hated onions. I like them now as an adult. So did I really hate them or did I just not like them at that stage? I hate that person. I hate that shirt on you. It's awful. Like, think about that word. That one's an awful word. Hate in and of itself is an awful word. But how often do we use it? Again, take stock. 
So some of the positive affirmation words that I think we should start thinking about replacing and considering how often do we use them? Um, the most obvious, I love you. That one's great. <clears throat> Could that one be overused? Absolutely. I think love is on the borderline, right? I might say like, I don't have very many vices, oh, but I love Diet Coke. Yeah, one might be funny because that one, I might really love Diet Coke for me. But you see what I'm saying is, oh, I love that restaurant. Oh, I love that place. Do you really love it? Do you have an emotional connection to it that if it was gone, it'd be detrimental to your well-being? Is there this biochemical reaction, this love that's created because you eat this hamburger? Maybe there is. I know there are some days where I just love Diet Coke. But what's interesting, again, we're forgetting that words have power. We're so quick to say, oh, I love that restaurant. That's my favorite place to go. I love Hawaii. I love the Caribbean. I love that car. How often have you told someone that you love them on a daily basis? That's another one. That's a borderline one. That's, that one has a lot of positive affirmation. And I think that we're so quick to attach it to intangible objects that when it comes to like relationships, people are afraid to say, I love you. That just blows my mind. In my family, I will tell my sons, I love them all the time. I will tell my wife on a daily basis, multiple times a day, I love you. But not everybody does that. And that's okay. I'm not judging I'm just saying, when we look at the fact that words have power, if you were told on a constant basis every day, you're dumb, you're stupid, you are so worthless, that'll get to you. But the opposite is true. If I use words with positive affirmation, I love you. I appreciate you. I love to be near you. That will also have a tremendous impact on an individual, right? I think what I've noticed also lately is there's these kind of neutral words. And I I admit, I use some of them too. Like one of my favorites is if I go to a store, like a gas station. I don't know what it is about convenience stores, but everybody's boss. I don't know why. I just do it. So the person behind the counter, hey boss, where's the restroom? Hey boss, do you have monster drinks? Hey, thanks boss. I don't know where I started, but I just do it, right? But in my way, I feel like it's a way of positive affirmation. Maybe I'm assigning a nickname to the overseer of this convenience store. Maybe he's the owner, maybe he just works there. Maybe she works there, she owns it, doesn't matter. I was calling boss, whoever's up behind the counter. I don't know why, I just do. But that's okay. I think that's pretty neat versus, hey, hey, where's the bathroom? Hey, you. Um, um, lady? Hey, dude. No, yeah, boss. Gives that person a little bit of power, store establishment. Maybe gives me a little bit of respect. Maybe starts a little bit of trust and that little bit of an interaction. But it's always boss. All right? I think I use it for cab drivers as well. I don't know why. I just do. But there are those words that are kind of have this positive connotation, 
but without an emotional investment. Like, boss, what is that? That that there's no emotional attachment, right? I think positive or negative. If someone called me boss, I'd be like, oh, that's kind of cool. All right. Whether or not I am your boss, or if we're in our working environment, doesn't matter. <coughs> I think it'd be kind of cool. Kind of shows a little bit of respect for someone that doesn't even know me. But there's these other ones that I think are are more positive as well, right? And I, it's funny because nowadays, when it comes to gender pronouns, got to be very careful. But I still find myself saying "sir" and "ma'am." I just do. I don't know why. I just do. But I feel like it's it's cordial, right? It implies nice niceness. You know, whether it's someone again behind a counter. Or if I'm walking, you know, down the aisle, I need help. Excuse me, ma'am. Where did I find the toilet paper? I just feel like it gets someone's attention. They kind of hear that. I'm like, okay. You know, they pay a little bit of attention to me. I'm giving them, again, a sign of respect for the work that they do. <clears throat> but why? Why not? Yes, sir. Hey, man. You know, how are you, sir? Thank you, ma'am. Just do. Right? But I think those are words that we can use to have this semi-neutral connotation and neutral usage but still might empower another person, right? If we think of the negative, all those those, those really um, heavy words, hate, you know, hates and sorry, stupid, dumb, versus if someone called me sir on a daily basis or ma'am on a daily basis or boss, again, that would probably impact how I think about myself. And that's the interesting thing to some of these words is some of these words could impact a person's self-image. All right, we haven't even talked about like body image words, right? Dude, you're getting a little, you're getting a little fat. You okay? Or, oh man, you're, you're getting skinny. This is great. Or hopefully it's good weight that you're losing, right? Like, again, words have power depending on how you use them. Just remember that. But I think it also contributes to not only a person's self-image, but I, th- I think yours, right? If, if when I'm interacting with an individual and I can impart a little bit of respect onto them and they impart it back, for me, I think that's rewarding. Like words like brother and sister, I've been hearing that a lot. I kind of like it. Right. On the one hand, depending on how you approach familial relationships, you might be going like, well, that's not a brother. That's not my brother. That's my sister. But like I found myself, I was at USC two weeks ago and my cohort, <coughs> I've been my cohort for a year and a half now. And this is the first time we met. And it was like a reunion, which is funny because a reunion means you're meeting again. We hadn't met before, but we met in virtual space, but it still felt like a reunion. And so it's like, hey, brother, how are you? And a hug. Hey, sister, how's it going? Good to see you in person. Like, that's cool. I think those are neat, right? Can you look at it the same way, though? Could it be overabused? If you're calling every single friend a brother and a sister, you might have an actual brother or sister that may be like, dude, like, what the hell? Like, we don't even have a relationship. You're calling that person brother and you've only known him like five years, right? So again, that could be looked at negatively. But in most circles, I think it is a positive one. But again, that's on that borderline, that teeter-totter kind of being overused. We don't want to take away from the familiar recognition of actually having a brother and a sister, right? Those blood ties. But those are good ones that I think have been used as well. <clears throat> the last one that I'll talk about, and then I'll kind of get into a couple tips here, 
um, actually maybe two. One that that really caught me off guard going six years ago, I think, is when I first started hearing it, is I appreciate you. Whoa. Like, in my opinion, that one has a ton of power. And it still has power because I don't think it gets overused because I think the people that say it, when you say, I appreciate you, they do feel like there's a little bit of a maybe an emotional inclination with appreciate you, right? So I think that one's not quite overused yet, which is great because I still really love that one. But that one goes really far. And I, I use that one, but I reserve it. I reserve it for when there's times where I'm like, man, that person did me a solid. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Hey, whenever you need anything, let me know. Like, that one's a really great one that I think is not overused yet, but means so much when used correctly. And I think the last one I'll talk about before I get into some tips here is thank you. Thank you. I think giving thanks to a person means a lot. When you mean it, right? When you mean it. Because could that would be negative as well? Absolutely. Well, thank you for leaving me all the trash out here. I guess I'll take care of it myself. Okay, that's a little bit negative, right? Or around the house. Well, thanks for leaving all the dirty dishes in the sink so I could put them in the dishwasher. Okay, that's a little sarcastic, right? <laughs> so it could mean, it could go negative, could go negative. But I do think there's that that one is um, still has a lot of meaning when used appropriately. Is is thanking someone, you know? I liken that one. I don't have as much of a heavy weight on thank you as much as I do appreciate you, but that's pretty close. Like really thanking someone when you mean it. I think it goes a long way. Okay, so some tips. Three tips. I kind of just wrote things down. <laughs> I think it's gonna be an interesting experiment. Um, first tip. Right. If we want to really understand how words have power and understand how we're using them or how we're not using them appropriately, tip number one is take stock. So what I mean by that is take stock of what you say and write it down. So think of these big ones. Do you use dumb a lot? Do you use stupid? You know, do you use profanity alert? I apologize. It's coming. Warning. Three, two, one. Do you use bitch a lot? That one's an interesting one. That one is like a borderline. Like it's it's been it's been people are more desensitized to it. They'll use it more jokingly, and people call their friends that, right? Do you use that a lot, right? So you take stock of what you're using: stupid, dumb, bitch, hate. Write it down, and then once you're done writing it down, take stock of it and look at it. Maybe you only use one or two. Maybe it's not a big deal. Maybe you got like five or six. You're like, ooh, yeah. And maybe you don't even notice it. So the interesting thing would be, take this a little further, ask a significant person in your life, significant other, close friend, best friend, ask them, hey, like what words do I use a lot? Even if it is profanity, right? I don't use a whole lot of profanity. Maybe some people do. A little story here. I have this boss that I used to work with. And he's kind of that common foreigner where I think an uh, American person got a hold of him and taught him that the word, again, profanity alert, I apologize, F-U-C-K, fuck, was a good word. 
And so like he used it like in every sentence in like a casual setting and like, but you became so used to it. It didn't, it wasn't a mean thing. It was like, because he was like foreign, had this heavy accent and used it. It was like, all right. It was just his, it's almost like cool. Right. But that was his F word was are cool. So it was interesting. So you talk to friends and even to that level, maybe there are certain words that are profane that you use that you don't even realize it. But they have a meaning in certain circles, right? So write that stuff down. <clears throat> That's step one. Step two, um, based on what you write down, determine what's self-deprecating and what's overused, right? If you refer to yourself in certain ways, man, I'm so dumb. I can't believe this, man, I'm so stupid. Self-deprecating thoughts to yourself, acknowledge that. That's big. That's a really big one, I think. If you use it too many times, you're going to start to believe it. Even when you don't think it's an effect to you, even if you think it's just an innocuous word. Trust me, again, over time, for all you know, you use it and don't even realize it. That's the scary part. That's why it might be very valuable talking to friends about it. And then what is overused? Maybe you just have some generic words that you're just like, man, I use, maybe it's profan- profanity. Maybe there's just profanity used all the time <clears throat> and don't even realize it because it's second nature. Write it down, figure it out. Or I'm sorry. Figure it out. Acknowledge it. Third one, make a change, right? This one could be hard depending on what your words are. But if you have self-deprecating thoughts, stop. Stop using them. And replace them with something different. That might be a hard one for you. Right? If you're going through a rough time in your life, and you're like, man, nobody loves me. I don't think that's true for anybody. Right? So don't use self-deprecating thoughts. And again, that one's like using love. That one's like no one loves me. Really negative there to that level. Or I'm dumb, I'm stupid. But write them down and really figure out what you mean. In those circumstances, when those words are coming out of your mouth, what is it you're really trying to say? Man, you know, work was really challenging today. I was really tired. It took everything I had to get to the day. Man, I, I just feel like I can't find a really great relationship that's for someone that really loved me for me. Define what you really mean instead of using these shortcutted words that really have an impact. That's part of make a change. And the other one is for the overused words. Something similar. Stop and determine what you really mean. Now, if you use for profanity enough, okay, maybe you're trying to replace profanity. Maybe you really got to figure out what you're trying to say. Maybe you have to replace it with just like a, 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 a neutral word like, oh, toothpaste. Like, I don't know. Just throwing something out there. You know, oh, darn caramel popcorn. Whatever. But take stock of what you say. <laughs> I'm going to add a fourth one. I didn't write this one down, but I really feel it's valuable. Knowing that words have power, figure out what words you can use to empower others and yourself. That's number four. I appreciate you. Thank you. I love you. 
I think some of those words really can't be overused when they're used correctly. You know, I don't think I, I, there's an infinite number of times that I can tell my wife I love her. I don't think it'll ever get old, especially when I mean it. I appreciate you. Empower someone else. Man, you know, I love how talented you are. I love the artwork that you do. I wish I could do that. I just love it. Empower others with those words. So that's it. Um, Thank you for listening to my podcast. Um, Do me a favor, hit your like button, thumbs up button, subscribe button, whatever, wherever you're listening to me at, whatever you're watching um, me on, hit that button. It goes a really long way. Leave a comment. You know, um, everything I do here is my whole purpose is to empower others, is to help motivate others. Some of the stuff is just to get off my chest. But I'm asked, my ask for all of you is if any of this, of my messages mean anything, my ask is you share it, share it with someone else. You never know who might need to hear my message. Thank you for listening to me today. I do appreciate everyone that listens to me. I greatly appreciate all the comments. I've received a lot of comments as I've been going down this path of starting these podcasts. And so, you know, please, please share your comments with me. Empower others. Really take this message to heart and figure out what you're going to do to make sure you're not only you're empowering yourself by taking away some of these words that really have meaning that might be dragging you down and figure out how to turn it around. Empower yourself. Empower others around you. That's it for now. I really appreciate everyone listening to me. This is your host, Eli Albalos, and this is Eli's Echo. Thank you.